step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Car Session Sports Report. I'm your host, Javi. Now let's ride out. I'd like to thank everyone who's currently taking the time out to listen. On this episode, we're going to be discussing, or should I say previewing, the AFC North. Car Sessions family member TJ will be along for that ride. Friend of the show, Rude Dog, will be joining more specifically to talk about his Pittsburgh Steelers. Sports blogger Eddie Sakara, he's going to be coming on to talk about the events of the Major League Baseball trading deadline, some of the moves he likes, some of the moves he doesn't like. But before we get to all of that, there's a few things I definitely most urgently need to get off my chest. The NFL. The way the NFL is being covered right now and the way the league as a whole is handling a certain situation has given me a lot of cause to look at them with eyes that are a little skeptical. Um, this whole Greg Hardy situation, I feel like it reeks of hypocrisy. You have a guy in Ray Rice who can't get a job in the league. He cannot get a job anywhere. No one will touch him. But a guy like Greg Hardy can at least get tryouts, had a job last season, and is still working for the league. Now, let me ask you, how is that fair? You know, in a situation like this, you really can't have conversations about fair. I understand domestic violence is a serious thing, but when I say fair, I mean why are we even giving Greg Hardy looks at this point? What is the separation between the two scenarios? Because Ray Rice was caught on video punching his girl in the elevator, but we don't have any footage of Greg Hardy essentially chokeslamming his girlfriend on a bed of automatic weapons. Are, are, are we being serious? Are we seriously being serious right now? If we're going to take a stand as a nation more specifically in the NFL as a league against domestic violence, video footage should not be the ultimate decider in whether a guy gets a tryout or not. He was convicted. Now, let's, let me not say convicted. Let me choose my words carefully. He was found guilty initially of said charges against him in terms of chokeslamming his girlfriend on a bed of automatic weapons. There was a retrial The young lady made a decision smartly at that to not want to go through that process again. Who wants to deal with that twice? Who? I I know if I get chokeslammed on a bed of guns, I don't want to go through a process where I have to go in front of a jury and a judge and talk about the same things 
more than once. So she made a decision for herself. So because he was able to go through that process and she didn't want to step forward a second time, he deserves to work in the league. It's all about domestic violence, but this guy, because of a technicality, gets to work in the NFL, got to make money in the league, got to play for the premier franchise in the league. How is any of this okay? You know, you got guys on these networks, they only talk about, oh, domestic violence, and we need to take a stand for these women, and we need to do this, and we need to do that. But then you show highlights of Greg Hardy. You, sh- you, show, you show interviews with him. You give him one-on-one interviews on certain networks, and giving him opportunities to, for lack of a better phrase, or maybe this is what it is, plead his case. There is no case to plead. There's pictures of the bed of guns. The girl has bruises. But because there's no footage, it's all legal. It's a sham mockery, as Mike D'Antoni once said when he coached the Lakers. People, yeah, you guys have to really look at this league with open eyes. The NFL does not care about domestic violence. If Ray Rice was in shape and was the same age as Ezekiel Elliott, more on him in a second, he would have a job in the NFL. It has nothing to do with domestic violence. He's not in the league because they feel he can't play, not because he punched his girlfriend out in the elevator. They think he is a physical liability on the field and therefore will not let him play. Greg Hardy, on the other hand, is in his physical prime. He's worth the risk. Choke slams and all. He is worth the risks. So when you hear these guys and these officials, these men in high-ranking positions, talk about what they're doing to, to make women's rights something to push forward and push to the forefront, just know that it's not true. Just know. If it was true, as soon as you get caught up in a situation where it looks as though you might have put your hands on a woman, you're not in the league anymore. Until we get to that point, there's nothing to talk about here. If you're physically capable of playing at a high level, the only thing stopping guys, it looks like, from being in the NFL, the only thing stopping players from being in the NFL is murder charges. Hmm? Only thing stopping Aaron Anderson from playing right now is because he's in prison. Everything else seems to be legal. These are not my opinions. I'm just telling you what it looks like to me. I'm a fan. We're all fans here. People, they do their shows. They talk as if they're above the fan. I'm not above the fan. I'm a fan. And as an observant fan, it sure looks like the NFL only cares about if you can play or not. And and fans, you need to start calling them out. The only way that's going to be changed is if we as fans stop calling things what they are and putting pressure on the league to make adjustments, make the right adjustments so that women's rights are in front. If I punch some female in the face in a club, in a lounge, on the street, road rage, and I'm a player, I should not be allowed to play. Right? Does not matter what my capabilities are. I should not be allowed to play. That's point blank period. This is not a take... These are facts. Do you guys realize that if it wasn't for the fact that there was a video that TMZ paid for, Ray Rice would have been suspended for two games, and he'd be playing right now. He might not be playing very well, but he'd be playing. Greg Hardy went to WrestleMania with his girl. Played about, what, was it eight games? 
eight or ten games. So look, sports fans, it's on us to do better, be better. You know that's my line. Do better, be better. We have to do that. It's your boy Job. I got a call coming in. Let's get him on the air. Caller, you live at Job. State your name. Where you from? Drake Warner, rated Drake, Brooklyn, New York. What it is? What it is, homeboy? How's everything? Everything is peace. Everything is peace. Everything. Are we on? Um, Florida calling on this training camp thing that's going on. Are we on football? I just called in. I don't even know the topic, but I'm ready. <laughs> I appreciate you, brother man. Um, if, if you will. Give me about 10 minutes and call back. I'm having a moment with the listeners. I'm talking about some things unrelated to training camp. Okay. 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 10 right, minutes. So about 10 minutes. Back. Swing back. I, I, I need your take on a couple of things. So swing back for me. No question. We'll Got do. You, we'll do. Peace. Yes. Dre the Great. Consistent car session listener. You see that love? He didn't even care what the topics was. He just wanted to get on. That's the kind of vibe we have here on car sessions. It's real sports talk. This is what we do. But I want to get back on topic here. Going over to Ezekiel Elliott. Elliott, excuse me. That's, a, that's an interesting name, Ezekiel Elliott. A lot of syllables, a lot of E's. Ezekiel Elliott. Huh? He gets in a situation where allegedly he's in a domestic violence situation. He might have put hands on an ex-girlfriend. Or a lady he was seeing. Who knows when you're that young. A lot of times at that age, guys have friends and benefits. Maybe the lady feels that she's a lot more to him than what he feels she is to her. We're men. We have have been guilty of doing this. So who knows what their relationships are. Only they know the specifics of their relationship. However, Ezekiel Elliott allegedly put hands on this young lady. Zeke Elliott on the flip side says that this is not true and it's a smear campaign and he has his text messages to prove that the young lady's out to ruin him before he even sets foot on the football field. Being that we really don't have any concrete facts and I'm not in the take business. I'm not going to come out here and say, oh, Zeke Elliott, Zeke Elliott, he should know better. He should this and that. No, until you have the facts, there should be no one in any position to put their mouth on this and put their opinion on this situation. This occurrence does not call for takes. It calls for reacting to the facts. I don't have the facts. But what I wanted to do with this situation is shed light on something that young athletes everywhere should be mindful of. You're getting money now. You're not playing for free in college. You're getting paid millions of dollars to play a, a sport at an elite level. There's going to be people, male and female, everywhere who are going to try to do whatever they can to latch on to you. They're going to do whatever they can to hang on and get in where they fit in. What you have to do as a young athlete, not the vets, the vets, they are who they are at this point. They're setting their ways. I can't speak to them. But to the young guys, you get in the league, you need to start assessing who these people are around you. You need to start realizing who's there for you, who's your... First of all, have a right hand. One, have a financial advisor. Two, the financial advisor and the right hand need to be working together. Because more often than not, the right hand is going to keep you out of trouble. And he's going to make sure that the financial advisor is not swindling you from your money. Thirdly, if you have a lady, make sure she's not here for the ride and she's actually down for your cause. And if not, get rid of them. 
If there's family members who are, who are just here asking, they got their hand out before you even get your bonus, get rid of them. Keep the right kind of people around you. And when it comes to the women, be careful to avoid the swindle. And when I say the swindle, I'm speaking about the ladies who are just looking for a come up. They're out there. This is not a generalization. But you already know, people, we're adults here. This is, this is not a kid's show in a sense of, I want little toddlers and little 10 and 12 years listening. This is for the adults who know what it is when you go to the club and you have the people who are there for the right reasons. You have the people who are there for the wrong reasons. You have the men who are there looking to get to come up and maybe put, rob somebody or do something along those lines. You have the ladies who are looking to get situations. You have the ladies and the men who work together to set somebody up. These things happen. In, in a high level of big money world, there are women who are there because they want to, you know, get in a situation where they can be attached to a player for eternity. You understand? So that being said, players, you need to do whatever it takes to avoid the swindle. The swindle is getting jammed up with a, with a lady or a person who does not have the best in mind for you and can ruin you before you even get to where you have to go. So Zeke, you got to be careful, brother. You really need to be careful. Why? Because you might have been caught up in the swindle. Whether it's true or not, people are now looking at you as a potential domestic abuser. And all of this because you might have had the wrong person around you. Huh? So, let's move on. Another person who needs to be better. Draymond Green. This is another thing when you come into the league or you come into money in the league, what you need to do. If you're going to handle your social media, stay out the DMs or be a little more mindful of what the DM is as opposed to a general post. I'm not going to flame you for having your joint out there for the world to see. It happens. It's not the first time somebody has slipped up and, and posted something that was supposed to be private in a public forum. But Draymond, at your level... You need to be even more cautious about what you do. To me, the more money that you make as, as a famous person, whether athlete or just in the world as a whole, is the more careful you need to be about all your moves. You're not allowed to be absent-minded once you're in the public's eye a lot of the time. It doesn't mean that you're the president. It just means that you're a person of prominence. And when you're a person of prominence, you need to be mindful of every decision you make. Draymond Green has been making a series of decisions that are very clear that he is not mindful of the decisions that he makes. Scrapping it out with a heckler in his, in his alma mater's town is someone who's not mindful that he is a millionaire at a higher level than Joe Schmegula. As of right now, you're going to constantly be in the public's eye. You've been in the finals two years in a row. You're a key player on one of the best teams in the NBA. You're on the Olympic team. They got $85 million from the Warriors last year. You need to start taking notes from guys like LeBron James, guys like Dwayne Wade, Melo, who is on your team. These are the guys that you need to look to who are going to show you how to make better decisions in your career. All right? Draymond. Much like Zeke Elliott, keep the right people around you. Make sharper decisions. If you don't do these things, you're going to be in the news for the wrong reasons. And it's going to be guys just like me, hosts on shows all around the world, who are going to either be clowning you 
or giving you life advice. So grown man Draymond, grown man Zeke Elliott, you guys, you men, smarten up. You know, I needed to get that off. I told y'all I, I, I got some things I needed to get off my chest, and I'm doing just that. It's the Car Session Sports Report. We pull no punches here. If, if, if you don't want to live in the real world, don't come listening to this show. What we do is we address what sports are in a real world frame because sports, just like what we do, just like me sitting right here doing a show, we're in the real world. This, this, this is not the Matrix. You can't bug into the NFL and live a separate life from, the, from, from, from Joe Schmo going to work nine to five. It's all real world scenarios. And when you get in trouble, you get pulled down off your pedestal. And I'm here to let you know how that goes. But uh, I wanted to shift a gear. I talk a lot of NBA on car sessions. I talk a lot of NFL. You know, MB gets his love, and he's going to come on, as I said, a little bit later on. But I really, I really, 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 I want to talk about boxing. I'm a big boxing fan. Enormous, enormous, enormous boxing fan. So it pains me to see a situation where an all-time great is hanging on much, 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 much too long. That all-time great is Roy Jones Jr. Roy Jones, at one point over, I would say, a 10 or 11-year span, was, was the pound-for-bound number one boxer in the world. Some would even argue that he was challenging to be the number one pound-for-pound of all time. There was a legitimate argument there. So now in 2016, where you look at a, a fighter like Roy Jones still fighting, and he's, he's going to fight again, uh, some, some dude, some fella, Rodney Moore, on August 13th? Roy! 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 What are you doing? It's not like you're hurting for money. You're one of the top color guys in the fight game. You work for HBO. You don't need the money. You're telling me you're doing this for the love of the fight. I understand all of that. But my guy, when you're getting knocked out by people who no one knows, no one knows who these guys are, you have to step away. Because these fights still count. It's not like you're fighting exhibitions and they don't count and you're doing it for charity. All of these fights where you're taking L's. You fought a dude named Enzo Macarinelli in Moscow. Who? You fought an MMA fighter, Viren Phillips. They both put you in your back. What are you doing? Roy! Roy! I'm so disappointed in you, man. I feel like the people around Roy, you see there's a theme here on a, on a sports report tonight. It's about the people around you. I feel it's time for the people around you to do what's necessary to keep you away from the fight game. You getting knocked on your backside by people who no one knows. You fought an MMA fighter for Pete's sake. Roy, you gotta go, man. You need to put this this down. Or if you lose August 13th to Rodney Moore, 
<laughs> Rodney Moore. I never heard of him. Listen, if you lose that fight and you once again get knocked out, Roy, I'm going to need you to step away. I want to give that a pause for a second because I need I need the listeners to understand that I'm not joking here. I'm not even trying to make fun of Roy. I'm just afraid for his health. If you keep taking these big shots at age 47, God rest his soul. But we saw what happened with, with the greatest. We saw what all those shots did to him health-wise. We don't need that for you, Roy. But please step away. One last thing before I break out of here. Manny Pacquiao. This is my final thought before we get into the AFC North preview. Word is Manny Pacquiao is coming back. He's going to fight in November. That's a cool move. I'm not mad at Manny for that. It's a good idea, Manny. Word is he actually needs money. Unlike Roy Jones, who's not hurting for paper, Manny needs the money. Manny takes care of a lot of people. And, and running for the Senate in his hometown of the Philippines, it's not going to pay the bills. So, Manny, you're coming back, you want to fight. I, I'm going to be your manager for a second. So, the fight fan in me says, if you're going to fight anybody, if you're going to fight anybody, and you want to make the biggest fight possible, November, we already know November and May are, you, are the usual big fight months. It's just going to be a big Pacquiao fight. Big welterweight division fight. I believe Manny Pacquiao should fight Keith Thurman. I think that is the biggest possible fight that can be made at, the, at that division that does, not involve, that does not involve Floyd Money Mayweather. But because he's coming off a long hiatus and much of his training camp is going to be held out in the Philippines, we already know that he's not willing to put his hands on Keith Thurman. We also know because Freddie Rhodes has been quoted as saying he's not going to step in the ring with, with uh, Terrence Crawford because of the same reasons. He needs a longer training camp. He needs a stateside training camp before he steps in the ring with a guy of that level. So that being said, since this is just going to be a tune-up fight in November, the person that will make the most sense who doesn't have a an undefeated record worry about who still has the respect of most fight fans and has a decent name in the game I believe it will be Jesse Vargas he's ranked number 8 on the Ring Magazine top welterweight charts so that means he's not that high up if anything he benefits from just being in the ring with Manny Pacquiao he already has a loss on his record Losing to a part-time fighter who's really doing it for the money and is not really doing it for cachet and to say he wants to be the guy. Everybody knows that this is a business decision. There's no harm in 27-1 Jesse Vargas taking that fight and more than likely losing. We already see that Floyd, when it comes to fighting elite guys at the top of their game, with the exception of maybe Timothy Bradley, and I'm not sure how elite Timothy Bradley is. He's really good, but I'm not sure if I want to call him elite. Outside of him, guys at the top of their game, Marquez, Mayweather, they give him a fight. Vargas, young, but not elite. I think that is a fight that he takes and he wins. And it might even go the distance 
Vargas looks good in the defeat. If anything, it raises his name amongst casual fans to where it does great business for the entire welterweight division. So, Jesse Vargas, Manny Pacquiao, November. Personally, I'd like to see Brona do it, but Brona's bad money right now, so I don't think Brona gets that shot. So, Jesse Vargas, I think that's the perfect fighter right now for Manny Pacquiao. But that's it, people. You know, that's my thoughts. So, without further ado, I know a lot of you guys, you're here. You're here to listen to us talk about the AFC North, give you some opinions, some expectations. So, with that said, before I bring on the homie Rudolph, I got to bring in my tag team partner for for this weekly series of NFL previews. TJ, big homie, what's going on, man? What up, though, fam? How are you? What's going on? What's going on? Listen, listen, listen. Everybody, listen. Be they shout out tomorrow for TJ. Big birthday shout out for this man. He won't be on tomorrow. <laughs> just on right now. Big, big, big birthday shout out for TJ. Give him his moment. Thank you, bro. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it. I'm not even going to say the age. I'm just going to say Scotty Pippen, Larry listen, Bird. We, <laughs> we, that's we grown that's what I'm calling him now. We grown yeah. men around <laughs> Listen, TJ. Um, I know we usually do this together, but we have a guest on who wants to talk about the Steelers. So you mind sharing that spotlight with him for a couple of minutes so we can discuss yeah. what's happening with the Steelers? Definitely. Let's bring him on. All right. Let's do it. Friend of the show, hey. Rudolph. Welcome back. To on, guys? What's going on, man? Hey, man. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I want to give you a shout out, man. Happy birthday to you, man. I know you're like 21 you, or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> I wish, I wish, I wish. I don't know about Dominique. I, I think he said Larry Bird. I don't know about Dominique, though. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I'm about as old as Larry Bird is. But anyway. <laughs> Welcome back, though. It's been a while, man. Ah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I've just been really busy. Uh, I got the Root Dog Show up on WBLG.com. So just real busy, yeah. doing a lot of stuff, getting ready for football. Uh, NFL training camps happening all over the NFL. Just a lot, a lot of good stuff, but a lot of not so good stuff. And of course, I'm talking about Martavis and Le'Veon, and then you have your NFC issues with Ezekiel Elliott and his domestic uh, violence uh, situation going on out there unfolding in an investigation, uh, along with um, an, an unmentionable guy who didn't travel with his team in the NFL. Yeah, I'm still on the Cowboys. So, right, right. you know, it's just, just just a lot of stuff going on. So uh, you spend your birthday on with us. So thanks a lot. True indeed. You, so, man. Rude Dog, uh, <laughs> we got you here because you're a guy that's closest to the Steelers. And we wanted to get an idea of what's happening with Steelers training camp, what's the vibe around the team, uh, no Marcus Bryant, possibly no Le'Veon. What's the vibe like in Pittsburgh Brown? Well, you know what? A, a lot of a lot of great things. Obviously, fans are really involved in the whole process. They're really dying to see what this Steelers secondary is capable of doing. Of course, last year, 31st overall in pass coverage. And, of course, right. as you mentioned, with the loss of Martavis Bryant, spending his time in the wonderful uh, state of Nevada, training high school uh, players how to play the wide receiver role, as well as Le'Veon Bell facing a four-game suspension, Unfortunately, the DBs took a hit today with Golson going down with a high foot issue. So hopefully not something that will, for lack of a better term, keep him and prevent him from keeping on with the game. But again, Sean Davis has been taking reps over that. So far, so far, so good. We're going to see what they have. And a worst-case scenario, if Golson does go on, 
some type of uh, pup list or an active list, I look for them to reach into the bag of uh, undrafted free agents, perhaps, to find their more dead players and associate with having Sean Davis. Right, right. Um, possibly losing, well, not even possibly. we get to Le'Veon in a minute. Losing Martavis Bryant. How do you think that affects the passing game? You don't have Heath Miller anymore either. He, w- he was a stabilizer at the tight end position. You lose a big talent in Martavis. How do you think that's going to affect this team on the field? Well, you know what? Martavis is so multidimensional. The guy was on pace for so many more touchdowns. And when you, when you lose trust in your quarterback after lying to him about the drug tests that you – weren't a part of or didn't take or failed and, and failed to communicate those things with your quarterback. You know, if I was Ben Roethlisberger, I'd have lost a little bit of trust as well, but wish him the best. So you're going to lose that, uh, you know, red zone, huge, gigantic monster catcher in Martavis Bryant, but you pick up with Darius Green, who comes over from San Diego, who's a huge tight end, monster target, Phillip Rivers is going to miss that guy big time in a red zone offense. And, of course, you know, of course you have an ankle problem with with Ladarius that's preventing him from being active right now, which could hurt down the road. But, again, it's a possibility, everything a possibility at this point. Uh, Martavis will be sorely missed, to say the very least. Hey, I mean, what you got, TJ? Hey, I I just wanted to ask, so – not based off the Martavis, but more so on the defensive side. Like, who do you see coming up as the potential leader of that defense? Because you have a lot of, like, first-round draft picks. You got Tewitt. You still got um, Ryan Shazier on that on that side. Shazier has yet to live up to the name and everything like that. I like Artie Burns at corner, but he's still a rookie and everything. Like, ever since Troy left, you haven't had that leader on defense. Like, who do you consider will be the leader? Lawrence, Lawrence Timmons or whoever? Well, you know what, Timmons is Timmons is really, really good. But Shazier, as you had mentioned, people said he had a glass shoulder that he can break upon contact. The problem is, is that this guy had shown up consistently as the season wore on. As you you remember that Cincinnati Bengal game, Brian Shazier puts a massive hit on those running backs so much so that he knocked out first two fumbles in a row and help become the leader. And I think he's shaping into that, especially with the experience that he's gaining this year in training camp. And having a full camp for him is absolutely fantastic. So, uh, unfortunately, you have Golson who's a slot corner who, for all the principles as I had mentioned last year, that you could see uh, Ryan Shazier being this free safety, you know, maybe a, maybe a slot, you know, safety, somebody in the, in the safety role that would be the ultimate difference maker. And I believe that you have Ryan Shazier to do just that. Okay. Mm. Okay. I just want to say that last year, we were doing the, the pre-assessors we were calling it a year ago. And myself and TJ, we had a whole debate about the Steelers' defense. And I, w- I just want to make it clear that I was on the Steelers' side of the defense while this guy was kicking the Steelers. And lo and behold, the Steelers started balling out on the defensive side. I, I just want to throw that out there before we continue. Oh. Shameless plug for you. When did they fall out on the defensive side? Like, they played very well. Com- com- what they were expected to be as opposed to what they were, they exceeded expectations. You can't, you can't refute that. Uh, listen, as yeah, yeah. torched, if I can get torched on the on the, they were good 
defending the run. Passing wise, I don't know. And you know this is a passing league, bro. They I don't got know, better. Bro. They got better every week, bro. And then by the playoffs, it wasn't like the the Broncos ran them off the field. The Broncos, if they were such a, a full full defense, the Broncos would have been able to score. They, they defense was there. The, the defense wasn't the reason. Wait, wait, wait. wait. So we, so hold on. Wait a minute. The week before against the Bengals, they played well too. Each week they got better on the defensive side of the ball, and I said yeah. that would be the case. I just, Rude Dog, I just yeah. wanted to put that out there that I was on the Steelers side when it came to this defense. That's all I want to say. Oh boy, here he go. Here he well, go. you know, I'll, I'll tell you, I remember the conversation really well, <laughs> and I can tell you, I, I can tell you this right now. They looked good. Uh, of course, the Bengals would probably have something to say that they outplayed the Steelers. Even Adam Pacman Jones was saying that they soft. They soft. Well, they're the ones who went on, and they didn't. So you can have that conversation, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm not going to get into that one yet because I'm going to uh-huh. have a couple of the rest you, of the teams. How you feel, TJ? How you feel, TJ? You know how yep. I feel? Listen, listen. <laughs> we got <laughs> Rudolph over here, he's basically a Steelers, he's a Steelers fan, everything like that. You can't talk about stuff like this to a Steelers fan. Like, I, like, oh, no, no, no. You know what? I am very open about this. When they when they stink, I call it like it is. I'm not going to pull any punches here. Okay, they're not good in the secondary? Are... I had already said they were 31st in the league in passing. You couldn't get much more of, of an obvious than that. Mm-hmm. I'm going mm-hmm. to throw this out there. The Steelers, they're going to see my Giants on December 4th. They're going to have to there deal with Odell. They're going to have to deal there with They're going to have to deal with the, with the Redskins uh, passing threats and everything like that. They still have to deal with A.J. Green. So they won't be battle-tested. They won't have to be battle-tested this season coming up because the schedule is not one for the weary. So we still no, not at all. And when, but, but the question is, is when, does it, when do the Steelers have an easy schedule? Please, think about that when they get back to me. Hey. No, because the Steelers, the, Steelers, the Steelers are always playing like at a top tier level of like competition. I think because they always finish first or second in the, in their division. Like it's very right, rare but, that they're picking in the top ten. So of course you're going to get a top tier schedule and everything. So yeah, America wants to see well, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Well, you do. You absolutely do. You don't want to play against teams that you're just going to roll over because it makes no point. That that doesn't prove anything. One of the one of the teams last year was the easiest route to the Super Bowl were the Carolina Panthers. Most of their contenders throughout the season were sub-500 teams. The only oh, team no, that I they agree. faced that they could not stop were the Denver Broncos, who dismantled them from a defensive standpoint because they had yet seen an AFC defense until the Broncos laid them out. No, I agree. There's certain teams that just that, that had the benefit of playing a weaker schedule and everything like that, i.e., the Jets who finished 10-6. But we're not talking about them today because we already did that already. Oh, well, but, like, I get what you're saying and everything. Hey, I'm not a Steelers hater. I don't hate on the Steelers, but you're playing my Giants, so I have to throw that out there. So we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Well, fair enough, fair enough. Now, now, now think about this. You have a whole North preview here. You have the Cincinnati Bengals losing Tyler Eifert. uh, And and, and they're, they're putting their pieces back together. And then you don't have Vontaze Burfick for from a three-game suspension. Hopefully he realized where he went wrong. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Depends. Ask the players in the league that he laid out and forced on the sidelines throughout the regular season and see if they'll agree with that. So hey. when, you, when, you talk, when you're talking about the Bengals, they're up there. They're, they're in the conversation. They always will oh, be no. in the conversation. 
the, the, the thing was to me with the Bengals, they just have to prove it. That's that. They just got to prove yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely right. Andy Dawson hasn't done it. He's starting to remind me of Philip Rivers, the guy that just can't get it done. Ouch. Rudolph, hold on. But we we gotta get there in a minute. But before we let you go, <laughs> what are your what, give us a record, give us an idea of where you expect the Steelers to be, bro? Is, is this a a Super Bowl contender? Oh, yeah, is it a wild card too. team? What you got, man? You, you know what? The the way that things are, are shaping up, granted, Le'Veon Bell gets a four game suspension. That makes them a little less uh, multi dimensional in the backfield. But make no mistake, if D'Angelo Williams who proved himself more than well without Olivia Bell in the backfield to join him. Uh, and then you have Fitzgerald Toussaint, who's still hanging around. You have Josh Harris as well, who's waiting in the wings and practice okay. squad. And after last season's injury, he's good. So Steelers, from a wide receiving standpoint, you're going to get mo- more of Marcus Wheaton. So I call it hashtag more Marcus this year. Uh, then you have the unfatable, almost untouchable Antonio Brown. Uh, oh, man. I, I, I have to go 10 and 6. Ten and six. I'm going right. to oh, so you right now. the division? Wait, 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 wait. wait. Yes. So I'm going to hold everybody to this. So <laughs> let me get your top. Let me get your how the division ranks out. Who's one, two, three, four? Okay. Steelers one. Uh, Bengals two. Uh, I'm going to say that the Browns. Yes, I said oh. the Browns. <laughs> the Browns third? We're beat out the, the Ravens, Ravens for the third to last. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. I, and there's a lot of reasons behind that. that one, DJ, you got that written down? Cause you, you <laughs> oh, know, yeah, no, no, around no. I typed it in. It's locked and loaded, okay. bro. It's locked and okay. loaded. It's okay, because we're going to have Rudolph on here around December. You know, we're going to have him hold him to the fire here. Like, you remember what you said, right? Oh. <laughs> Rudolph, we know, you know we got a podcast, so we can always go back in the archives. We remember this date, August 1st and everything. So we can right. go to the archives, and I got it written down. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big, oh yeah. Big deep. Big deep. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> we appreciate you coming on. We're gonna have you on again right before football season starts. You know we're all football fans, so we're gonna have a little pre football celebration. So look out for that, man. Oh yeah, for sure. Appreciate it. Thanks guys. Definitely. Appreciate you having me on. on. Definitely. Ladies exactly. and gentlemen. Have a great day. Big Pittsburgh Steelers fan Rude Dog with us on the car session sports support. TJ, we got a caller coming in before we transition, lady. He's been waiting for about 10 minutes. Let's, let's be nice if we get him on the air. Let's go. Caller, you live with Job and TJ at car session sports support. What it is? Yo, what's up, fellas? This is Bryce calling from Brooklyn. Bryce, what's going on, man? How's everything? Everything is going well, man. I see y'all was talking some AFC North football, so I had to call in. Hey, Rightfully so. So Thank what you, you got for us, man? What's on your mind? Well, I want to talk about my, you know, it's, it's funny that you had the previous caller because I'm going to continue the conversation about my Pittsburgh oh, Steelers. Boy. Here we go, Steelers Here we go. Here we go, man. Here we go, Well, let me say this. Um, in terms of leadership on defense, people have to understand, I think Timmons, Cam Hayward, Timmons, Hayward, and Willie Gay – PFF, remember this, PFF ranked Willie Gay one of the top corners when it came to not okay. giving up the deep ball. He's very underrated. Um, mm-hmm. not, he's, not in the, he's not an elite corner, but he does his job. Those are the three veteran guys on that team that's held the leadership as the young guys come up. I think that defense is going to be ready to step up and be, and be okay. really good. So you think, okay. is, is, this a, is this a Super Bowl deep? This is a contender's defense. That's my question to you, Steelers Nation. 
Oh, I absolutely think it can be, yes. I okay. absolutely think it can be. Because, that, because A, the front seven, 3-4 defense. You're talking two, three, four defensive ends or starters, two of the best in the league. Two it as a combination. And Hayward are yeah, two of the best 3-4 defenders in the league in terms of being on the defensive line. The linebacking core, I think, is young and fast. Shazier, okay. when he's on the field in that division, I feel healthy he's the best linebacker in that division when he's playing against people on the wow, inside. That's um, better than TJ so I Mosley? think, yeah, this oh, defense man. could be good. Wow. Well, better than my man CJ? Oh, man. Okay. I think he's, yeah, I, I think he's a little bit more. I think CJ's a really good linebacker. I think Shazier is more dynamic in terms of okay. running and hitting and being able to get from sideline to sideline. Okay. Even over perfect okay. too. Okay, fair enough. Oh yeah, I think. Yeah. Oh, I think on that playoff game, it was clear that that um, in terms of inside linebackers, Ryan Shazier was the best linebacker on the field in that playoff game. You no, know, Burfick had everywhere. a couple of plays though. Burfick made a couple of good. plays in yeah. that game too. Yeah, so, he's okay. good. Um, I just feel there's a lot of downside to mentally what he does. I mean, him and Pac-Man Jones, well, Adam Jones. I don't even like to call him Pac-Man. They <laughs> they can implode at any given moment. So okay. you know, you can't. I don't know if you can really trust those players. So okay. what I'm getting from you here is is that you trust that this defense is ready to make the next step and become a, a, a upper tier NFL defense. That's what I'm getting from you right now. Yeah, I think the talent is there. I mean, they got to go out and do it. But I think you know when you look at when you look at guys very underrated. I think Mike Mitchell at safety is very underrated. I think Ross Cockrell came on last year. He's a long corner with some nice speed. I think Willie Gay is underrated. Timmons is steady. We got Shazier. Bud Dupree now, second-year guy, high, high pedigree. You got the defensive line with the two ends that are very good. I think there's a lot to work with, and the defense is on the come up. All right, all right. Listen, man, we appreciate the call. If this is your first time calling B-Mouth, we are on every Monday at 7 o'clock. So if you want to call back next week and join us when we'll be talking about I believe it's going to be the NFC South, feel free. We can do it again. Yo, I appreciate that. Yo, one more thing. I think December 4th, the Giants come into Pittsburgh and get that loss. I got to come back to New York oh. and lose it. Oh, 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 man, listen. You got the phone. I like how you leave that on. We're going to let you go. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Listen, I, I can't. My heart can't take this already. Man. It's too early, man. It's like that. Like training camp just started right. like four days ago, and we already going with this. Like I, I, I can't, I can't do it already, man. Like, come on, man. We already taking these shots and everything. Sounds like we lost Jarvis for a minute, but I'm pretty sure he's going to get back on in a second. Um, well, we're going to start off. Um, we already spoke about the Steelers, and we'll get my take on the Steelers real quick before Jarvie gets that on. Um, I think Steelers are a good team. Don't get me wrong. But I'm going to have to say this. The fact that they had a couple of key players on suspension, Le'Veon Bell should know whether he's going to be suspended um, by August 18th, I believe, from what I read. Um, he's a big part of the offense. Don't get me wrong. D'Angelo Williams did do a great job for them last year. Uh, but for some reason, like, like he's still dealing with that. He's over thirty. Like, you can't expect for him to be coming in and be a work a workhorse. Still, like, I don't know. Can Big Ben stay healthy the whole season? I don't know. Offensive line is pretty good. Um, you have one of the Ponty twins coming back. Uh, I'm not sure if he got hurt last season or season before, but Ponty, they're good up front and everything. Uh, Ladarius Green coming in, he should be good at tight end. I'm not going to say he's going to be a stalwart because regardless of what, you still got to give feet AB. And in that system, the tight end doesn't get that much work, but more so up third down conversion and everything. So 
Um, everything's going to hinge on to me on Big Ben and his arm and what he can do. So I got personally, I got the Steelers finishing second. I cannot not say how much talent that how the Cincinnati Bengals have on their roster. The Bengals is a deep team. Only reason, well, two reasons why they lost that game to the Steelers in the field. They imploded, yes, but Andy Dalton did not play. I'm not going to go as far as Rudolph says, like how um, Andy Dalton is the next Philip Rivers and everything. Uh, Andy Dalton did not play in the playoffs. So he was coming off that injury. He was playing lights out during that season last year. They still got the top five receiver, A.J. Green, over there. Um, I do think they'll miss a little bit on offense because Hugh Jackson is now coaching a division rifle in the Browns. Um, that defense is a pretty good defense. I'm not going to say it's top tier, it's not, but it's not necessarily middle of the pack. It's top ten. Um, I like what they're doing. They got good corners. They got depth on the O-line. They got depth on the D-line. Like I, I, the only, my only question for them is, can they come and actually prove that they could play in the playoffs and not lose their head? Like, Marvin Lewis is probably, I believe, the second 10-year longest coach in the league. Any other coach at this time would have got fired a long time ago. But the Bengals are staying with the consistency thing, and you got to see what Marvin Lewis could do. Like, if he could hold this squad together, they have the talent to win a championship. I'm not sure when the last time Cincinnati hit won a championship. I know the Bengals was a good team in the 80s when I was a kid. Well, basically a toddler and everything. But they were a great team during the 80s and everything. They got to the playoffs. They got to the Super Bowl. Lost to Joe Montana and the 49ers and everything. Like, I would like to see Cincinnati make that next step. Win a playoff game. I, I don't even think they have to win a playoff game. I think they have to get to the, to the big game itself in order for them to be relevant. So that's the one thing right there. Um, so I got the Bengals finishing above the Steelers. That rivalry is probably better than Steelers Ravens right now, honestly. So uh, I like I want to see what they do with that. Now I'm gonna jump back down. I'm not sure if I have the Browns finishing finishing third, but I don't have this division being as good as it has been the past couple of seasons. I believe the Ravens take a step back. I do think that they're getting older on older on both sides of the ball. I think they have to get influx of youth in because that team it just seems getting older than two. Like you your number one receiver, Steve Smith, somebody's over thirty five. Not taking anything away from Steve Smith because you don't want to make him angry. He's like the incredible hope of the league. But he's coming off a, he's coming off an injury. I believe he had tore his Achilles and he had a back injury last season as well. Uh, Kamir Aiken, I believe, will be the number two. You're not sure what um, the rookie they drafted last year, what he's going to be. So I'm not sure. Defense, they was getting, they got torched worse than anybody, I feel like, last season. Well, aside from the Giants, we just sucked on defense last season overall. But that's beside the point. Um, they went and fixed the offensive line a little bit, getting rookie Ron Stanley, and I like that pick. Uh, they were just played by a lot of injuries last season. Like, four set went down. We lost Joe Flat. Mm-hmm. We lost Steve Smith. Mm-hmm. They just lost a lot of people last season. So, for the Ravens and everything, like, I don't know. Like, I, I could see the Browns overtaking them, but Hugh Jackson, I like I'm, I'm going to get to the Browns, but I like what the Browns are doing thus far and everything. But it still has to play out. So, I got the Ravens at finishing third, not four. Go ahead, bro. DJ, what's going on, man? Uh, well, I, I missed you for a minute. I, I, I can't over there. 
yeah, I, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. We we in the car. I ran into some traffic, but I'm back on. I had to get off the nearest exit and go into the pedestrian streets. But I'm here. Gotcha. Um, I gotcha. heard what you were saying about the Bengals. And long story short, I think that's the general theme about the Bengals being that they have to do it in the playoffs. They have the talent. They have everything that's necessary to be an elite team, to be a Super Bowl team. But they have to do it in the playoffs. Until I see them do that, I have to agree with everything that you said. They, they had to do it in the playoffs, and it's not much that we really need to say about those guys until further notice. Um, okay. As for the Ravens, so what you got to finish it? I have them because they have the talent, and I feel like, they, you know what I, we were talking about last week about outside issues affecting the football field. I feel like the Steelers, because of things with Le'Veon Bell before the season starts, you have Martavis Bryant missing. Even with the newer pieces, I can't put them in first place. You still have a fully stocked Cincinnati Bengals team back on deck, so I have to have them finishing in first. But, again, what does that mean? First place doesn't mean much if you're not winning in the playoffs. But they're still going to finish in first right. place. Okay. But um, you have the Ravens finishing outside of last place. Is this what I'm, is this what I'm gaining from you? Yeah, I got them. I got the Ravens finishing third. I, I like the Browns. I like what the, to me seems like the first time that we have a head coach, uh, offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator all black. Like I like yeah. that's dope to me and everything like that. So I, I like Pep Hamilton as an OC. Pep Hamilton will stretch the field if Josh Gordon can stay out of trouble and everything like that. You have the perfect person for that system and everything. Um. Okay. To, uh, what's his name? Ray, Ray Horton? He's a good D.C., man. He led that Arizona defense before, um, what's his name in the Jets? The Jets head coach, whatever. Before he, before he got there, Ty Bowles. So Ray Horton Ty was Bowles that head coach. Right? Yeah, Ty Bowles. So Ray Horton led that Arizona defense first and everything. So I like you, Jackson, okay. as an offensive coordinator, moving into a coach. He did. He did a lot with the Raiders when he was there with little talent right. that they had. So I can see him doing well. If he can tap into RG3, at least a good 80% of what RG3 can be, I think they will be uh-huh. on the rise and that could be their quarterback for the future. I, but he has to stay healthy. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defer from you. I have the Ravens finishing in the last place. I don't really like this roster. I mean, I trust the coach. The coach, he's a commodity in this league. John Harbaugh has gotten the job done. But when you look at this mm-hmm. roster, you look at this roster, TJ. You're a football guy. This is what you do. Right. This is not a third-place team to me. They, they have to, You have Steve Smith coming off an Achilles. I think T. Sizzle's coming off an Achilles. Their quarterback, yeah. let's call it what it is at this point, he's overpaid. He, he, he took the money after the Super Bowl season, and he hasn't done much since. Where is playoff Joe Flacco? I don't know where he is, so I can't really depend on them. I don't feel like they have a right. decent run game just for a set for the most part. I would say regressed last season from what he did in the 2014 season. The O-line is all right. They lost a key component of the O-line because he's an advocate for marijuana. What, what, what do they have on the defensive side, DJ? Like, when you really look at this team, like what do they have that says third place? Well, to me, I do like them bringing Eric Weddle. I think what their problem was was just yeah. they were just getting beat, beat deep. I think Eric Weddle's a good Weddle, safety. Weddle's only one ball. guy, PJ. No, no, no. I, I get that. I think Ladarius Webb is better at the strong safety spot because he can come down and play okay. on the tight end and everything like that. CJ Mosley, to me, is a top five inside linebacker. 
and everything. He plays everything well. He plays the run well. He can play you a little bit in coverage and everything like that. He'll get some rushes on you. Um, I think it's just a matter of them getting healthy. And the Ravens are known for just having a deep, like a good defense. I cannot see them not yeah. so assimilating and like well, coming back off injury and everything. I'm not going to say they're going to be here's, contending for Here's anything. my argument. Here's my counter-argument for that. They have a reputation. But, but what I've seen in recent years is that, in all sports, is that reputation can only get you but so far. At some point, all teams are due for a regression. And I feel like we've seen the regression of the Ravens in slow motion, and I think it comes to a head this year. I believe that with the current team set up, with certain guys that they have in key positions that they're relying on coming off catastrophic injuries this late in their career, this team just screams right. last place to me. Like, I, I really have the Browns finishing third. I think that the Browns are third place. We'll get to them in a second. But I really don't – I'm not going to say I don't respect the Ravens, but I don't have a lot of faith in them. I, honestly, I could see that happening and everything. Like I was mentioning, like, I do feel like they're getting older too, too. Like, I feel like a lot of the players they right. have are older players. They don't necessarily okay. have that young talent on there. Um, I think even Ozzy Newsom had mentioned that he hasn't drafted well over the past five, six seasons and everything. Like, it's showing now. And everything. I wouldn't be surprised if they do finish in last place and everything. But the good part about it, if they do finish in last place, they don't have to necessarily look for a quarterback and everything because I don't think it will right. be on Joe Flacco. I think what they can do if they finish in the lottery, they could go after the best pass rusher or the best running back. If I was them, if – Fournette is coming out, I will pick up Fournette and that mm-hmm. will instantly put them back into contention, I believe. Oh, well, but gotcha. that's, that's gotcha. we have a whole season to go. But they do have to sort of assimilate young players into what they're doing and everything. I agree. I agree. But I believe that the Browns, there's something about what Hugh Jackson is doing. Call out, I see you. You're on hold. You've been patient with us. We're going to get to you in a second. But what we're seeing with the Browns, there's something about Hugh Jackson and the way He's going about picking the team, picking the coaches. I, I don't know, man. I feel like I almost want to put the pads on and go play for Hugh Jackson. And I, I think that that kind of galvanizing that he's doing is going to uplift the Browns and certain players to play above themselves and get them to third place. And I think RG3, although I'm already saying I'm not sure about the move going to Cleveland because of his needs. I wanted him to go to a dome team or a team in one of the southern divisions where it's warmer. Warmer climate is good for joints. I still think that Hugh Jackson can pull something out of him that we haven't seen since his rookie season. I'm really high on Hugh Jackson. More than the players, I'm high on the coach. You are a Tom Coughlin guy. Sometimes motivation can have players exceed their limits. So I feel like the Browns are on the come up because of their head coach. No, I totally agree with you with that. I do believe that they finally found something that might work for them, but we still have to let the season play out. I think they have underrated running backs in Duke Johnson and Isaiah Crowell, which kind of reminds me of what he had in Cincinnati with Gio Bernard and Jeremy Hill, in essence. Uh, They still have a pretty good offensive line, even though they lost Alex Mack and everything. But the thing is, you can tell that they're trying to rebuild things, like, because they, they let go Dante Whitney. They let go Alex Mack and everything. Like, they still have that stalwart and probably best left tackle in Joe Thomas there and everything. But I do believe that this team is more talented than what he had when he was in Oakland, when he made that team finish 8-8 eight and eight when they didn't have the talent, when Oakland hasn't been good for the past 15 years since they, since they were in the Super Bowl. So I do see okay. Hugh Jackson, like, bringing this, this squad together. They have talent on the squad. 
if Joe if um Joe Hayden could come back and play healthy, he's a top three corner in the uh-huh. league. If, if he Josh is. Gordon could yes, he be is. healthy and everything, and be if Josh Gordon could stay out of trouble and be healthy, he he lit yes. it up when he was in the yes. league. He lit it DJ, up. DJ, not and to cut you off, not to cut you off, but Josh Gordon, if he saw anything from RG three, much like Colin Kaepernick, we spoke about last week, if he saw anything from him. Is that RG3 can throw one of the prettiest deep balls we've ever seen. And Josh Gordon yeah. is a beast downfield. So if those guys can find their mojo early on, it could be something to see to be seen in Cleveland. Yeah. Now question, I don't remember. Were they both at Baylor together during the same time? Um, that that I will I, I believe that it was more like a a, a turnstile situation. One guy was coming in and another guy was coming out. Okay, so I'm not, I'm not sure and everything. I, for some reason, I think they had one year together, but I'm not sure. They I might don't have, but I don't think that. it was a notable. If it was, it wasn't anything notable. You know what I mean? You right. wouldn't have to so, ask. But they, <laughs> yeah, so, like, basically, he, 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 he was Charles Johnson's sort of chemistry with Corey Coleman, who's also from Baylor, and Josh Gordon. So they would have that, like, something to try to go off of. And I think RG3 would be good for Josh Gordon in terms of, like, mentoring in terms of, like off the field kind of aspect on it, like right, right, right. Agreed. They could probably play off each other. Like Josh Gordon produces when he's on the field, so he could probably motivate RG three to produce when he's on the field as well. So I, I okay, I, I can see, I can see what you're saying. But I'm still gonna go with the Browns finishing. But I do have them coming up. I'm not gonna say they're gonna win three or four games. I can see them winning maybe five, six games, just a game or two better so than they were. As long as you're making progress, is the key for them. So what you're saying is you have to finish in last, but with the arrows pointed upward. Definitely, yes. All right. I'll just, similar I'll, I'll, similar I'll to like how we saw the Jags last year. Okay, okay. But I have them in third place. You, you, I hope you're writing okay. that down. You, you're typing that in. Not, I have not, them in third place. You. Don't worry. I got you and Rudolph Ru- both taken care of. I appreciate you, brother. So let, let's go over <laughs> our list. So, so in, in the AFC North, I have the Bengals first. The Steelers second, the Browns third, Ravens in last. That's that's what you got over there, right? Yes, that's All what right. I got. What, what, what do you have on? What do you have on file, sir? I have the Bengals first, the Steelers second, the Ravens mm-hmm. third, the Browns last. All right, all right. And with that said, we, let's get our caller on the air who's been waiting for oh so long. We 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 were wrong to him. So let's get him on the air here, man. Uh. This might be Dre the Great. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure, but let's get him on. Caller, you live for Jarvin TJ AFC North preview. Welcome. Yo, this is Ray the Dre, man. What's <laughs> going on? What's good, fellas? What's good? Yo, I'm here to speak on the Browns because of Hugh. I've been okay. hearing y'all talk oh, about wait, the Wait, 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 wait. Before we even get into that, let's preference this because uh, Red don't, Drake don't, don't is a true, thunder, bro. You know he's don't a true Raider fan. Thunder, bro. All right. He's All a right. true Raider right. fan. So he, he knows what he could do. So go ahead, Dre. Okay. I've been a Raider okay. fan since 1979. I'm 46 years old. Okay? Welcome. Um. Well, yo, Hugh is real, son. Okay? Let me tell you what's going to go on. I'm with the caller that called in or my man that's with the third place thing right there. Okay? I just came from okay. Vegas. The under over is four and a half. I laid a hundred on that for the over. That's okay. win totals, my friends. Okay? Because of Hugh. And I'm going to tell you what Hugh's working with. Okay? He's working with Corey Coleman, Josh Gordon, Travis Benjamin, Gary Barnett. Wait, wait, wait. Travis Benjamin RG, left, bro. What's up? 
Travis Benjamin left. He's in San Diego okay, now. Okay, Travis Benjamin left. Okay. I think they drafted somebody. Y'all can look that up on the computer to fill that third now, spot. Now, they drafted though. like five wide receivers. Like, they, they right, went so wide they'll, receivers. They'll be okay. They're going to be okay. They, okay. they got Isaiah Cromwell, and they got my man Duke Johnson. Huh? Shout out. I'm a Miami Hurricane fan. Okay? So, he got Duke okay. and Isaiah. He got the tight end. He got two wide outs. He's going to make a third Lot. Okay, the line ain't as real because they lost Mac for sure. But then you know what? Okay. You got the blocking teams down. That offense gonna move okay. the ball. Okay. The question is the defense. Okay. The question is the defense. Okay, because the AFC North, you got to deal with Antonio Brown and cats like that. But I do believe that they got the All Black staff. Okay. I believe that people think they're gonna win three to two, three to four games. Okay. And uh-huh. they might get. I believe CJ might have said it. I believe they're going to get five to six. Okay? Now, things go the right way, you could look at a seven and nine. I'm telling you, it's a defense. I, got, play ball. I have them as a strong seven and nine. I'm going to tell you right now. Okay. Oh, strong wow. seven and nine. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm high right? on them. Yes. Okay. If things sound right, look, look, Hugh, the only mistake he made, he gave up all the picks and sacrificed everything for my Raiders and put us back. Okay, because he went for the Carson Palmer when Al Davis died. Because okay. that's a move Al Davis would have right. did. But now look at Carson Palmer in Arizona last year. That's what he was looking for. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. I know what he was looking for. We went for the gusto that year. We were we, we were four and four. Al Davis died. Right. He traded for Carson Palmer. He gave up the house because Jason Campbell got hurt for the year. Okay? And we went for the gusto with Carson Palmer. But Carson Palmer ain't shine with us. We had no wideouts. We had nothing. But he still moved the ball to We were still a decent team. That was the last time we were decent until this past year. Okay? And now we're going to the mm. playoffs. I can't wait till y'all get to the AFC West. Okay? Oh, I can't. No, I, <laughs> you, you, listen, let's save that. No, see, I already got my thoughts. Man. I already got yeah. my thoughts. Let's just save that. Oh, but, but, but that's, that's my feel on the you thing. I'm talking to them. They we come. appreciate that. I'm waiting. You, you appreciate okay? that. But you, I agree. You, Yo, Hugh Jack, Hugh is going to do his thing with the Browns. I got them over four and a half on the Vegas line, and they could surprise. Mm-hmm. Raider Dress, okay, we enough. appreciate the call. You're, you're a loyal listener. I appreciate every time you call. You bring a different energy to the show, and it's appreciated. I can't help but repeat that word. I appreciate the calls, man. No question, family. Peace. Yo, Dre, Definitely. be good, man. See you on the 27th. No doubts. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm jealous. What's, what's happening on the 27th? Why why, why can't oh, that's, 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 big, that's our big fantasy I, draft I, and everything. You know we do it live and everything. Oh, oh y'all don't want me to come through and crush the buildings. I, I, y'all know if I show up, I'm wait, taking wait, a listen, trip. Listen, but that's listen, okay. listen, I have a waiting list for this league, bro. Like, that's, I, I, I'm not okay. going to talk numbers. I'm not going to talk numbers on here, but we have a trophy, and just, let's just say this league is legit. That's it. Let's just call it that. Wait. Wait and listen all. I'm just saying. I, I come through, I shut the building down. That's all I'm going to Wait, time out, time out, time out. Wait, where, who are you talking to? Where, who are you talking to? Okay. Hey, listen, that that league that, that you won had nothing to do. Yeah, you a, cha- you a champ in a Riches League. That wasn't my league. That's not the main event. Okay. My league, I'm the reigning. The main event league, the main event league, I am the reigning and defending heavyweight champion of the world. It's not a person who's Listen, I might just do that. But I just need to get this off. It's not a person who's invited me to their fantasy league that I didn't walk in and take their chip at least one year. That's all I want to say. <laughs> that is a known fact. 
I've walked into everybody's fantasy league, and if I didn't play in a championship game, I took the chip. One way or the other, I was involved with the championship. Point blank, period. Listen, my league is something different, man. We play with defensive players, too. Like, you, you're real GM matter. in my it league. It don't matter. Okay. It don't matter. Okay. It don't matter. I'm a fantasy guard, bro. But okay. see, we're going off. This is getting too personal. This is a show. We have to get back on, <laughs> on, on, on message. <laughs> uh, CJ. I'm, earlier in the show, I was talking about the people around players, right? And since we were talking about the, the AFC North, I wanted to get your opinion on something before I let you go because Eddie's waiting to get into our MLB talk. Uh, do you think that Le'Veon Bell needs to change the people around him? Being that he, you know, the whole number change fiasco, the missing the drug test, I feel like he's a professional football player. And a changed number in a billion-dollar industry should not stop you from taking the drug test. Is it time for him to reassess what's going on around him, or, or am I being too picky in a sense? You know what? The funny thing is because I'm going like, to compare this to something I saw last night. And I don't okay. know if you watched the show, but Ballers, right? Basically, I missed it. Don't, don't spoil it. I missed it. <laughs> All right, all right. So basically, you know what happened ahead, go to, to do from Dallas last week? He got hurt, right? Yeah, like the dude, the D lineman that plays for Dallas and yes, Wallace yes. and everything, he I, got hurt last week, right? So essentially, people, yeah. he did something that was not supposed to be, like, be done, essentially. Similar to, like, Le'Veon Bell, right? But Le'Veon Bell gotcha. knows he's on thin, on thin ice already, right? Yeah. People around him, I forgot the dude's name that's always with him, little skinny dude that wants to make some money off of his man yeah. and everything, right? Right. He says, you know, he did the wrong thing. You know you have these things around him. Like, why? You're making enough money to hire one of your people that will be, like, the devil's advocate to you. That doesn't, it's not the yes man that will tell you, no, chill, you're doing the wrong thing. Hire that man exactly. to be your advisor or your manager so he can keep track of your calendar, keep track of making sure the right people have your phone number and everything like that. Like, there's no reason for that. You essentially causing your squad to possibly know that, yo, okay, you're not going to be there for four games. And if you get caught again, exactly. you're going for the season. Right? You should have these people in your corner and everything. So with him doing that, I don't know, man. I really don't know. Listen, he, he needs to reevaluate stuff. Similar to Marcavius Bryant, they both need right. to have some sort of somebody that's in the corner that's not a yes man, that's not just going to go along for the ride and everything like that. Like, I'm pretty sure they have that. Who doesn't have a friend like Understood. that? Like, I don't know. Understood. I, you know, I appreciate that. I appreciate that 100%, and I agree with you. It is time for him to make a change because, as you know, in the NFL, if the contracts aren't guaranteed and all really outside of your talent, all you have is your reputation. And being that you're a talented guy, if your rep becomes foul, especially when it comes to taboo issues like drugs and drug tests, you might need to make a change because you'll be out of the league quicker than you can blink. TJ, another yes, successful preview in the books. Week three of our TV. I, 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 like the, I like the direction we're going with this. We're getting better and better every week, traffic and all. Oh, definitely. Definitely. We like fine wine. We're getting better with time with this, man. We we do it. (laughs) Next week, we got the (laughs) NFC South, correct? Yes, sir. We'll be there. Okay. All right. My man Julio. Let's do it. Yes, sir. (laughs) Peace out. Finally, the main event of the evening. We react to the MLB trading deadline. The moves, the eyebrows being raised. And for that, I have my guy. 
my A1 for baseball, sports blogger, Eddie Segarra. Welcome back to Car Sessions, man. Uh, thanks for having me on, Ray. What's going on, man? The New York Mets. That is what's going on this evening. Uh, <laughs> Eddie. You know, a lot of... <laughs> Eddie, 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 Eddie. I feel some type of way right now. And why is that, Ray? I've been, go- I've been going back and forth. First, I was, uh, as you know, I was having a panic attack because I thought Brandon Nimmo and Dilson Herrera were going to be going for Jay Bruce. Find out that it's just Dilson Herrera. But I ha- when, when we spoke earlier, I was off the ledge. I was back in my bedroom. I was okay. But then I thought about something, and I was like, I'm not even going to text it to you. I'm going to wait till you get on the show. We, we let Murphy, my favorite man, go because the plan was to have Dilson Herrera be the future second baseman with Neil Walker being essentially a placeholder. And then we trade Dilson Herrera? I, Eddie, help me understand. You know, you know what, Ray? I'm trying to understand this deal myself. I mean, don't get me wrong. Jay Bruce is going to help. I mean, he's leading the league in RBIs this year. He's, he's going to help. Is he going to help to the extent that Joanna Cespedes helped the Mets offense last year? Who knows? Probably not. But, I mean, you, you nailed it right on the coffin, though. You know, like, Dilson Herrera was the Mets' second baseman in 2017. That's, that's why you yeah. let Daniel Murphy go, and that's why you trade for Neil Walker. And don't get me wrong. No Walker's had his moments as a Met. He's, you know, he's been really streaky. Overall, I think yeah. he's been quite serviceable. But, you know, everybody assumed that Dilson Herrera was the starting second baseman next year. And now he's yes. in Cincinnati. So, I don't know what the Mets brain trust was thinking. I, I don't know if they kind of caved into the New York pressure and realized, hey, if we don't get Jay Bruce, you know, the fans and the media are going to kill us. I think that's ultimately what happened. You know, just I came on this show prior to the trading deadline. I planned for a week. You were on vacation, and I was like, I had one specific plan for my approach to this week's episode. And I was coming here to tell you that a part of me was off the Mets this year in terms of World Series. I feel like there's a funny vibe around the team, and I'm kind of off. Terry Collins as a manager then they make this trade and I feel like I would have been a little more excited about the trade if it wasn't for the fact that we didn't have a catastrophic or potentially catastrophic injury with us Drupal Cabrera so it's just like I feel like okay we made this trade but as a roster as a whole right now what what are the men what does this trade really do for us that's, that's the question that I'm having we're not fully stocked even if you bring back even if Cespedes comes back, you have Cespedes back there. You put Bruce behind him. That's a strong 3-4. But surrounding that 3-4, who's even going to play? I mean, that's the million-dollar question because right now, Jay Bruce is strictly a right fielder. I know he's played a little bit of first base, but you have James Loney there. Um, you know, Curtis Grandison, at this point in his career, is 35 years old. He's really struggled this year. He's not a center fielder, but they're probably going to no. have to put him in center. And then with Joannis's, uh quad injury, he's strictly just a left fielder right now. So where does that leave Michael Conforto? 
So it's like all around, you know, outfield defense, infield defense. They're they're in yes. flux right now. I mean, and then, you know, you look, I think as you look at it, you you look at the situation with the roster, right? And one of the issues that I have with Terry Collins is that I feel like Mets brass, Sandy Alderson specifically, gives him too many options. I feel like when he has so many players, he's such a player's manager that he's overly concerned with getting guys on the field. And we've lamented numerous times some of those Sunday lineups where it's like he, he, he's building a team to give guys rest, but it, but in turn, it's like an automatic loss. So now you're going to give him another outfielder. We lost Juan Lagares, who was our only true center fielder. Cespedes can't play center field because of the quad situation. Conforto's not a center fielder. Grayson can barely move. His arm is suspect. But you're giving this guy and Terry Collins, our manager, another option to make questionable lineups that leave you scratching your head. Like, I don't understand. What, who's going to play shortstop? Yeah. I mean, this you know trade, what? What is this trade really going to do? <laughs> I mean, right now, I'm sorry. I, the trade is, I pretty much. I mean, pretty much. I think the trade was just more of a PR thing. I mean, they okay. could have done without Jay. They could have done without Jay Bruce this season. But I also think that the Mets brass was thinking long term in terms of next year. Yeah. You know, there's a high likelihood. You know, there's a high probability that Yoannis is going to opt out. And as much as Mets fans hate to hear this, you know, he loves being a Met. But I just don't think the Mets are going to give him that long term deal that he wants. And he's going to get it this off season. He didn't get it last year, um, but he's going to get it this off season. So. I mean, despite you know all that, what? Uh-huh. Go ahead, go ahead. I, I cut you off before I can't keep doing no, that. No, this is your I'm, segment, I'm of so course. sorry to carry you know, on. I just got two. I got two weeks of just talk in me right now. So, I mean, despite all the net talk, despite all the negativity, they're still yeah. in it. I mean, you know, true. Are they out of it in the division? You know, no. they're probably out of it. You know, I, I don't know. You know, the Nationals might come back to earth, but in terms of the wild card, you know, entering today, they're only two and a half back of the wild card. You know, the teams ahead of them, True. the Dodgers, who have surprisingly played well without Kershaw. Do like if Kershaw's done for the year, they're gonna come back to earth. That's a guaranteed win every five days. And then you got the Marlins yeah. who have played extremely well, but let's not forget, Fernandez is on an ending limit this season. He's going to get shut down in September. Okay. You don't think there's a Matt Harvey situation brewing in, in Miami where he's going to force his way back onto the mound or the pressure of the playoff push keeps him on the mound? No? I honestly think he, he's a Scott Boris client, just like Matt Harvey. You saw what yeah. happened to Matt Harvey this season. He got pushed last year. You know, they uh, and look what happened to him. Look, 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 look what happened to him this year. He just wasn't himself. I, I just don't <laughs> think that they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna push him though. I really do think that they might skip him a start here and a start there, but they're gonna shut him down in September. Yeah, I think that whole Matt Harvey situation not only affects Fernandez but also affects other pitches moving forward. So, you know, despite all the net negativity, they're still very much in it. That's true. You know, I'm a Mets fan, and I'm just looking at, you know what it is? It's not even the, the races that I'm concerned with, but it's just like the vibe around this team. I have to keep using that word vibe. There's a weird energy. Everybody's getting hurt. Everybody we need 
is getting hurt. And it's like, it's only so many injuries a team can sustain and still be in the playoffs. You lost David Wright. You lost Lucas Duda. Jose Reyes shows up. He gets hurt over after, what, three, four weeks? Uh, Azrubal Cabrera just got hurt. Milwaukee's been dealing with the back at separate times throughout the season. We lost uh, Matt. Elbow issues for the guard and Matt. So it's like, how many, how many knocks can one team take and continue to push forward? That's going to be the question now. They made this trade. Lagarde's Lagar got hurt, too. I think he'll be back by the end of uh, August. I believe that uh, Raiders is going to be back soon. If this team can get healthy and stick around, then, of course, we're going to make the Mets are still you know, a good yeah, baseball team. They, you're absolutely right. They're still a good baseball team. I agree with the whole vibe thing, but let's not forget, though, well, I mean, who's the who's the Mets leader? Who who's who's leading the clubhouse right now? David Wright's not there. A, I mean, you know, Juan Uribe was Juan Uribe was he was such an integral part of that team once he arrived yeah, last year. Yeah. He was the leader in that clubhouse before David Wright came back. You know, they just don't have that leader. That's what they're lacking right now. And um, talking about our old friend, uh, old friend Uribe, he just got designated by Simon, you know, by the Indians. So who he'll, knows? Once he clears waivers, he'll be a Met. Take the Mets to pick he'll him up. There. I expect that he will be there. He will be there. He will be there. Uh, I'll say this to Mets fans who are a little nervous about that whole situation with the trade of Dilson Herrera. They still have two top prospects who can play the infield on the come-up. Ahmed Rosario and Gavin Ciccini. I believe that Dilson Herrera became expendable because they still have those two young kids coming up through the pipeline. So for the Mets fans who are a little leery about that, understand that things are not as bad as they seem. I just got a little worried because I'm not sure if I want another season of Neil Walker. Neil Walker, because I'm a Murphy guy, I just look at him and I said, he's not Murph. Murph should have been here. So it's, a, it's a little bit of salt. You know how I got about Ike Davis. And when the, per, the play who replaced <laughs> Ike Davis, I've never liked Lucas Duda. And, and look how that, that worked right out now. with Mr. Ike Whatever. Davis. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so it's like a little bit of saltiness there. But uh, let's tip away from the Mets before I let you go. I just wanted to take on the other moves around the league. I feel like the Rangers made some plays, big time postseason plays, and getting a Carlos Beltran, getting Luke Croy. Uh, how do you feel about the Rangers making those moves? The Dodgers got a couple of guys from the A's, the names escape me at the moment. But teams are lining up themselves for, for the postseason. How do you feel about the trade deadline as a whole? Uh, I mean, the Mets fan in me wanted Lou Croy. I'm sorry. I was ready to get rid right. of your boy Travis Darno. But I think uh, I think the Indian I, <laughs> I think the Indians and um I think the Indians, the Yankees and the uh um, and the Rangers are the big winners this trade deadline. I mean, it's it's very likely. I mean, we have a lot of baseball to be played, but uh, Indians, Rangers, ALCS, you know, I'm not sure how the ratings will go for that, but the Rangers and Indians, you know, the Indians picking up the practically, I mean, pretty much the best reliever on the market, um, even better yeah. than Chapman. So I think he's really going to help them out. He's very unselfish. He, he could close. He can Rangers without a Carlos Beltran, without a Luke Roy, were first in their mm-hmm. their division. So they're gonna cruise to the And they managed to do that season. Mm-hmm. And they managed to make both of those deals. And I believe that they kept Derrickson profile. I thought profile would have been in one of those deals for these big names. So I'm a, I'm impressed by that. I'm a little concerned about the Cubs. 
because I feel like getting the aforementioned Araldis Chapman makes them – and they were already a problem to begin with. Now you have him at the back of your bullpen. <laughs> this team is I mean, a lot that was the brother. one <laughs> – I mean that was the one weakness of the Cubs was their uh, was their it's bullpen and then uh, Chapman yeah. he's one of the best game he's the, one of the best closers in the game he's he's really gonna help them out I mean if they can't win a World Series this year then when are they ever gonna win a World Series you know um, so and then let's uh, you know let's talk about the Yankees you know the Yankees you know they're yeah, they're not gonna yeah. compete for a championship anytime soon but you gotta commend Brian Cashman when was the last time the Yankees were sellers? I mean, you know what's it's been a very long time. You know what's funny, Eddie? We spent we're about we're close to the same age. We spent much of our adolescence in our early twenties looking at franchises like the Yankees, like the Lakers, rise above and and handle operations almost above everybody else. It's amazing now to see that even these titans in sports have to operate just like even the small market teams in the Midwest. You just can't outspend everybody anymore. You have to cultivate, and you have to cultivate a culture, and you have to nurture these young players and bring them through the pipeline. You just can't buy guys anymore. So that's what caught my eye, is that these titans of sports realize that you have to operate just like everybody else now. No, you're absolutely right. Let's just not assume that all these prospects the Yankees picked up are going to play for the Yankees. You know, long term, you could probably flip these prospects for for someone even greater, for a starting pitcher or for a star outfielder. Yeah. So I think, you know, yeah. you really got to commend Brian Cashman. Um, I think he did an unbelievable job, um, you know, trading – you know, three players that weren't, you know, were having great years, but weren't going to help the team make the playoffs this season, you know? True. Very so, true. Very true. I mean, um, but yeah, you know, but just one message from Mets fans, don't panic. They're going to be, they're going to be okay. They're going to be fine. Okay. It's, this is amazing. This is amazing, everyone. People, this is, I want to, I just want to say something. Eddie and I have been having these med conversations for a couple of years now, right? And I'm usually the one who's calm and relaxed. While he's the one wanting to trade everybody, wants to make this move, make that move. Now I'm here panicking, and he's the one saying, just relax. Funny how the world works. You know? <laughs> how times have I'm turned. I'm ready to jump out of a window, <laughs> and, and, you kept, and you've kept me calm throughout today. Because I'm ready to just throw the Mets out of the window and look towards 2017. Much like the Yankees, it's almost like the Rose ever verse. It's the Mets trying to make moves for the postseason while the Yankees are talking about a farm system and building up teams through the farm. It's amazing how the world has changed in sports. Sports is, this is, this is not the world that I, if you told me 15 years ago this is what the world would be, the Lakers would suck, the Mets would be the team in New York, the Yankees would suck, I'd be like, no, I'll get out of here. So, wow. Times have changed. Time to have definitely changed. Uh, Eddie, I appreciate this, man. Let, let, let's get back in our groove. I hope to have you back here next week. Another segment discussing the Mets, discussing baseball activities. It's always good to have you on, man. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for the platform. Can't wait to speak to you next week. Definitely. Have a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Technical difficulties and all. Another episode of the Card Session Sports Report. If you enjoy, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend and make sure you're back here next Monday, 7 p.m. and we'll do it again.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.